When I started this podcast, I told myself I would release one episode every week, and for a time, I managed to stick to that schedule. For those who follow the show, first, let me say thank you for your support. It means the world to have even a small group who enjoys the stories that get told here. Second, I have to apologize for delaying the release of this episode. 2020 has not been a pleasant year for anyone, myself included. With all that's occurred, I experienced an unexpected burnout with regards to my endeavors. It can be hard to stay motivated about the things in your life when it feels like the world continues to throw things in your way. And it's an unfortunate fact that too many people throughout history and today have experienced that same kind of burnout or worse. Depression, anxiety, stress. These aren't just buzzwords that millennials use to validate their behavior. These are very real mental blocks that have plagued humans since they started asking questions about themselves and the world around them. And sometimes, those blocks to optimistic thinking lead to deeper, more troubling thoughts and behavior. It's a tragic fate that with the right help and support can be avoided. But when that help doesn't exist, those thoughts can drive one to the point of insanity. Such is the sad fate of Audrey Munson. She built a name for herself early in life, becoming a star that would eventually burn itself into obscurity. Munson spent the majority of her life in an asylum, giving in to the depression she must have been feeling on top of everything else. Soren Kierkegaard once said, In addition to my other numerous acquaintances, I have one more intimate confidant. My depression is the most faithful mistress I have known. No wonder, then, that I return the love. I'm Aiden May. Welcome to Haunting Historia. They called her Miss Manhattan, Panama Pacific Girl, the Exhibition Girl, and American Venus. However you look at it, Audrey Munson was a beauty unlike any other at the time. Born in June of 1981, she would grow to become the go-to inspiration for sculptures, paintings, and any other medium where a model was required. By the age of 15, her striking figure and stunning good looks had caught the eye of artists and photographers such as Felix Benedict Herzog and Isidore Conti. Munson posed for any commission that came her way, developing a reputation as a daring, open-minded woman along the way. But she wasn't just a pretty face. She sang and danced on the stage, performing in the Dancing Dolls show at Rocky Point Amusement Park in Warwick, Rhode Island, as well as Broadway shows, The Girl and the Wizard, Girlies, and La Belle Paris. It was her work as inspiration for sculptures from New York City to San Francisco that cemented her fame as America's first supermodel. At 17, after hearing of her from other artist friends, Isidore Conti approached her and her mother 
about posing nude for a piece for the Grand Ballroom of the Hotel Astor. The Munsons initially rejected the offer, but Conti assured the mother and daughter that as an artist, he sees only the work he is doing. The piece was called The Three Graces, and featured Audrey as all three of the graces that Conti sculpted. Sadly, the sculpture itself no longer exists, except in photographs, but that piece would be the first of many widely public sculptures of her in New York. After the unveiling of Three Graces in 1909, Audrey Munson shot to stardom as the most requested model of the time. Her likeness was used in pieces across the city, from freestanding statuaries to monuments atop public buildings and state capitals. Men and women reportedly saw her face on over 40 different places. In 1915, her career attracted the attention of Alexander Sterling Calder, a noted sculptor of the era. Calder became so infatuated with Audrey's figure that he commissioned her to pose for the Panama Pacific International Exposition in San Francisco. Munson, aside from her alluring looks, was said to be unusually good at finding the perfect pose and holding it for hours on end. She posed for a jaw-dropping three-fifths of the sculptures for the Panama Pacific event, leading to her figure being 90 times repeated against the sky on one building alone. This incredible commission became the catalyst for the next phase of Audrey Munson's career, Hollywood. Film in the early 1900s was still in its infancy. The first ever moving picture premiered in 1887 and was nothing more than a short reel of a horse and rider in stride. Woodville Latham and his sons set up the first ever screenings of film for public audiences at a charge for admission in 1895, creating the first cinema as we know today. By 1902, Filmmakers had begun producing narrative films and developing their own language. Ricciato Canudo wrote a book in 1911 entitled The Birth of the Sixth Art, which jump-started the concept of film as an art form. In 1915, Audrey Munson would make another film industry first with her debut film, Inspiration. The film follows the story of a sculptor's model as such, Munson became the first woman ever to appear on screen fully nude outside of a pornographic film. The movie caused concern with the censors, who wanted to ban the film for what they considered provocative material, but feared they would have to ban all of Renaissance art as a result. Thus, inspiration premiered to a box office success. Audrey would go on to appear in two other movies in similar roles, Purity 
made in 1916, and The Girl O' Dreams in 1918. Her second film, Purity, seems to be the only one to have survived the test of time, although it disappeared for decades, only to be rediscovered in a French pornography collection in 1993 and subsequently moved to the French National Cinema Archive. The Girl O' Dreams, meanwhile, was completed and copyrighted, but apparently never officially released. It was around this time that the first signs of mental instability reared its head. She returned to the East Coast from LA and wrote a long, rambling letter regarding a Mr. Herman Ulrichs Jr. Ulrichs was a silver heir and, at the time, the richest bachelor in America. Rumors abound as to the nature of Munson's relationship with Ulrichs. Some say that they merely dated. Other sources claim they were engaged. Munson's own mother insisted that they had been married briefly, though there is no record to prove her story. Regardless, Audrey sent her letter to the U.S. State Department, claiming that Ulrichs was part of a pro-German cabal that drove her from her movie career. Whether or not Herman Ulrichs Jr. really had had a relationship with Audrey Munson, the fact remains that she attracted the attentions of men everywhere she went. More than once, she endured men approaching her with cries that she was irresistible. Marriage proposals from strangers and relationships that ended in disaster plagued her. But in 1919, her beauty attracted the wrong kind of attention. She and her mother lived in a boarding house in Manhattan. The owner, a Dr. Walter Wilkins, became infatuated with Munson beyond all sense. He fell so hard in love with her that he wished nothing but to marry her. Unfortunately, in his love-crazed mind, his wife stood in the way. Rather than divorce the poor Mrs. Wilkins for doing nothing more than simply not being Audrey Munson, Dr. Wilkins instead decided that it was better to make himself available in a more permanent way. On February 27th, he beat her to death with a hammer and lead pipe outside their home in Long Island. The police attempted to ask Munson and her mother regarding the death of Julia Wilkins, but they had left New York before the murder. When she finally spoke to the authorities, she denied ever having any sort of relationship with Wilkins and was deemed innocent. But the resulting publicity and trial coverage ruined her career. A few years later, in 1921, the spiral into madness continued. She attempted to jumpstart her career again by orchestrating a series of articles appearing in Hearst's Sunday magazine. The articles, entitled By the Queen of the Artist's Studio, ran from January through May and featured stories from her career as well as warnings to other models. However, a publicity stunt by Alan Rock and a subsequent lawsuit revealed that the articles were not in fact written by Munson herself, but a ghostwriter. The articles, 
did inspire a film about Munson's life called Heedless Moths that Audrey is credited with posing for the nude scenes. In that same year, she started a nationwide search to find the perfect man to marry, at the end of which she stated that she didn't even want to get married. Within a year, on May 27, 1922, Audrey Munson's depression hit an all-time low when she attempted suicide by swallowing a solution of bichloride of mercury. is known of Munson's life after her attempted suicide until 1931. On June 8th, her mother petitioned a judge and she wound up admitted into the St. Lawrence State Hospital for the Insane in Ogdensburg. They treated her for depression and schizophrenia for the rest of her life. The darling of the Beau Arts set in the early 1900s spent 65 years slipping further and further into obscurity. The public slowly but surely forgot about her, despite the fact that several million people walked past statues of her image every single day. Even her own family neglected her. Decades passed without a single visitor from anyone, until 1984, when a half-niece discovered her at the age of 93. Audrey Munson passed away on February 20th, 1996, at the age of 104. The tragedy of Audrey Munson is a story all too familiar to many who suffer or know of someone who suffers from mental illness. And perhaps, if Munson's mother had provided more support, rather than simply sending her to an asylum, her story might have ended differently. What's interesting is that Audrey and her mother knew from an early age the possibility of an unfortunate end. I'll explain after a short break. This episode of Haunting Historia was written and produced by me, Aidan May, with music by John Bjork. I started this podcast because it was something that I am passionate about, finding and telling stories that have been lost or forgotten. It's amazing the kinds of things that have real impact on the world around us, from a series of traditions adding up to a modern birthday party, to a bear in a zoo being the inspiration for one of children's most beloved stuffed teddies, to the numerous statues around the country being inspired by the same woman if there's a story that you think has been overlooked or needs to be told, reach out to me through my email, stories at hauntinghistoria.com, or through the contact form on my website, hauntinghistoria.com. When Audrey Munson was just five years old, she had an experience that would rock most children at her age to their core. 
Her father, Edgar, and her mother, Kitty, had what could be charitably described as a shaky marriage. The two would later divorce when Audrey was eight, but before then, Kitty lived as a stay-at-home mom, and Edgar worked as a trolley conductor in Rochester, New York. Mr. Munson began an open affair at some point, which became the cause of the future divorce. Meanwhile, Mrs. Munson took little five-year-old Audrey to have her fortune told. I can only assume that Kitty desperately hoped that her daughter would grow up to be a success. They traveled to a place in East Syracuse, where they met with a woman known as Gypsy Queen Eliza. She told Audrey, You shall be beloved and famous, but when you think that happiness is yours, its Dead Sea fruit shall turn to ashes in your mouth. You, who shall throw away thousands of dollars as a caprice, shall want for a penny. You, who shall mock at love, shall seek love without finding. Seven men shall love you. Seven times you shall be led by the man who loves you to the steps of the altar, but never shall you wed. While not all of the gypsy's words would come to pass, the accuracy cannot be ignored. She certainly was beloved, and, however briefly, famous. Munson was also known for, as her father put it, spending money like water. She spent her entire life without finding a romantic partner, even going so far as to ask the whole country if there was a man for her. And while Gypsy Queen Eliza merely predicted Munson's future, Audrey herself considered those words a curse. At the beginning of this episode, I spoke of my own depression and how it prevented me from producing episodes. Depression is a big deal, and it needs to be taken seriously. My loved ones provided me with some of the best advice that really helped me through it. Pick a goal every day and do it. It doesn't have to be big. Goals can be as simple as getting out of bed, making yourself breakfast, doing laundry. Or goals can be big, like going for a jog, applying for that job, or cleaning the house. The point is pick something and stick with it. It won't cure the depression, but it just might help. And if serious help is needed, please reach out to someone. Talkspace.com is a great place to go with over 3,000 licensed therapists. Thiswayup.org is another site that specializes in helping those with depression. And remember, it's not whether you get knocked down, it's whether you get up. Vince Lombardi